it was when I had a coach, a more business-minded coach, that I was able to put some systems and policies and procedures in place that not only did it aid the practice, I want people listening to understand it increased the value of the practice. Welcome to the Care Frontier Podcast, the show where we interview thought leaders in healthcare to share with us their expert knowledge in business, branding, and marketing. If you're a practitioner, medical business owner, or an executive, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Liman Bahuri, and today we're going to discuss the unmatched advantage of business coaching and how it can overhaul the way you run your practice. Be sure to tune in all the way through for more details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Care Frontier podcast, where we bring healthcare professionals to share with us their own experience running a successful medical business. Today's guest is a business coach, a former chiropractor, consultant, and an author of two books. She's been director of investors for a biotech startup and helped skyrocket the value of the company from $20 million to a valuation of over $150 billion. Being a former practitioner, he'll she helps other practitioners and business owners understand and embrace the business side of things in healthcare. If you're wondering who's this multidisciplinary person, she's none other than Dr. Janice Hughes. Dr. Janice, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Um, I'm pumped to start directly into the question, but before that, Dr. Janice, you've been a chiropractor, you've run, you've run businesses, been an executive and coached multiple uh, practitioners. And on top of that, you authored, you're the author of two books. What's like to be you? Like how you can you transition from one field to another so successfully? Well, I think it's interesting. There's a, there's a quote um, that talks about if you want to double your business, you know, triple your growth. And so my personality is that I've just searched out great mentors, coaches, um, guides. I just, I'm a lifelong learner and, you know, that has allowed me to, you know, add amazing things to the stages, my practice stage, I learned a lot. I grew a lot thanks to these other great people and influences and, and even great books in my life. So, you know, it's because of all, you know, in what I've talked about as embracing continued learning and growth, that's what's allowed me to pivot and just play different roles. And it's, it's not actually, you know, all separate pieces. It's almost like the learning all along the way is now what I also bring back to be able to help guide and mentor and coach other healthcare practitioners as well. That's really interesting. How, how can you uh, continue learning while trying to stay on top within your role as a, as a practitioner or as a business uh, owner? 
Well, let me share with all your listeners just a couple of things from my perspective as a coach. It's not, it's not just, oh, wow, we try to squeeze those things in or we run our day-to-day and then if we have time, we fit those things in. You know, I had really great coaches early in my practicing career, you know, that really reinforced for me, you build into your calendar the important things. So now I recognize, just like so many of you listening, I was running a practice, raising a family, you know, having kids. So as a female practitioner, I was having kids while I was in stages of practice, you know, and yet the importance of building in a little bit of growth and development time. You know, back then I had a fabulous coach that had me not pay any attention to media. Now recognize there was no... Facebook, Instagram back then. Yeah. It's not like you never did any, you just completely limited the time. So I even coach people to just get a lot more clear on where they are losing time. So it's not that we don't have time. We all have the same 24 hours, but look at the difference in the discipline of some people that just accomplish and create and do so many things. So scheduling in growth time, I think is more important than anything. That is not only what helps you grow, you see from that quote, that's also what helps you enhance your business. Okay, you touched on, uh, on the importance of having a business coach and I really want to take that cloud of uncertainty because I think m- many practitioners don't really get the meaning of business coach or what, what they do exactly. What do you think, what is the advantage of having a business coach and what, is, what, the, what does it mean in, in the real life? What, what's, the, what's the practical stuff that business coach have or the impact that might have when you have one in, in your practice or in, in your business? Yeah, that's a really fabulous question because you're right. So much of it is just unknown where people tend to look at it as an added expense. The best way I can describe it, it's like hiring a partner, hiring a more experienced partner, um, hiring a consultant that grows your business bottom line that you don't have to share the full profits with. And, you know, thinking in terms of that, it's, it's an investment. And why coaches, mentors, guides all play different roles. Many people have really great mentors. You know, if you purchased a practice from someone else, you know, in the medical side, you usually through your residency, you know, through a lot of stages you go through, you go into even group practices. So we take on the systems or the procedures of fabulous mentors. That's Mm -hmm. not always the best fit for you. And more importantly, sometimes it's like there's blinders. Well, here's what we've always done. I work with a lot of chiropractors. My background is as a chiropractor. And even in my own practice, I described that I ran a very personality-driven practice for a lot of years. Now, that created a lot of success. And yet, it was when I had a coach, a more business-minded coach, that I was able to put some systems and policies and procedures in place that not only did it aid the practice, I want people listening to understand it increased the value of the practice. 
So for most practitioners in healthcare, your practice actually isn't, in many cases, a valuable asset. And yet you've just spent how many hours and years of your life building that. It's like, you know, the biggest asset, you know, gone are the days financially of thinking in terms of, oh, well, your house is the asset, you know, your practice is an incredible asset. And that's what business minded coaches help with, you know, how to grow your business, how to grow you, how to grow your life. But from that perspective that your practice is an incredible asset in your life. So to go deeper into that, like you have coached thousands of practitioners, many of which, many of whom are actually uh, chiropractors. Uh, what do you say that the one thing that your coaching program did for one of your clients that you didn't expect, but it, it, it has a, a tremendous positive impacts or outcome on your client? Yeah, it's... Um... I, I'm going to say multiple, multiple clients go through this where um, they start looking for help with their practice. How do I attract or, or generate more new clients? How do I do this? How do I increase my billings? In 99% of the cases, the majority of the biggest, I'm going to say alterations, you know, the biggest impact or benefit is that it actually changes their life. You know, it'll pivot or shift their relationships. Let me give you even the example of a young practitioner years ago that I coached. And a lot of people were telling him he went to an area that he thought he wanted to practice, um, had been in practice over two years, grown a very, very nice chiropractic practice, and yet wasn't meeting the kinds of people he really wanted to be around, spend time with, definitely hadn't met a significant other, um, was at that phase that he was recognizing the social aspects of his life were more important. And all these other people, mentors and people around him and coaches had been saying, well, you can't sell now or it's not worth anything. You know, I started working together with him. We recognized and put together all of his systems and listed that practice for sale and really ended up not only being able to pay off all of his student loans, but having an extra little bit, you know, of resources to go to a totally different area, which had more of the things he wanted, life, you know, sort of aspects, mountain biking, things, easy access to outdoors, which he'd been in a city. And that was exactly why he wasn't loving it. And so of course, guess what happened? Within a year, he not only had established another thriving practice, yes, it wasn't quite yet to where the other one had been, but it was on track that it was gonna far surpass that. But more importantly, he'd met his significant other who now they're married, long story, you know, obviously have three kids. I mean, you look at the trajectory of what that changed for him, all because of a bit of, biz of business coaching. So uh, the outcome, from what I understand, is not really about. There is a positive impact on the business. That's 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 cool and all, but the, the real impact is is uh, takes on this ripple effect in your life, like successfully speaking. 
Yes. So success leads to more success. You know, if you're working on your systems and the success or the impact within the business, you know, I've seen people actually double and triple their business with more ease. I've also seen other people that then continue to now run their practice and take far less time to do it. You know, I have a husband and wife chiropractic team that I've done work with and Literally, instead of now working all week, both of them, including some Saturdays, they now work three days a week in the practice, bill more, and more importantly, have obviously more lifestyle. That's really great. I, I really, uh, it's really eye-opening seeing the impact of the of of this coaching program and how 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 can they take effects outside the business, not only the business itself. So, right. uh, to transition a little bit more about that to uh, another aspect of the business, and that is uh, differentiation. Uh, in a competitive environment, uh, many chiropractors find themselves. Uh, there is a lot of multiple offices offering the same services for the same price to the same patient. And how can practitioners try to differentiate their practice from the rest of the pack? That's a really important piece of business coaching, you know, learning what are your unique selling propositions? What does make you different? What skills do you have that are different? You know, instead of being very vanilla, you know, here's chiropractic and here's what a chiropractor is, or my practice is the same as other chiropractors. That's just not true. You know, I think that we almost hide behind that because again, particularly as a young practitioner, a lot of people come out and go, okay, well, you know, chiropractic say within the community has a great reputation, but it's learning to not be afraid of the uniquenesses or understand how to brand your business. How do you brand? How do you target? Who's your ideal? So those are all part of often that very early piece of coaching. You know, a lot of times I work with people where I'll take a look at their websites, their social media, their profiles. And a lot of times it's just really vanilla versus what are the two or three unique selling pieces that you work with? Have you focused on your brand? What is your brand? You know, how do you clearly then market that brand? That's why during this year, crazy year of a pandemic, you know, we see all the way from people closing their doors, struggling, working double hours to see the same number of people, but you compare that to how and why are some of these practices thriving? And I have a few private clients that I work with that they're having record years. How is that? Well, that's again, based on their branding and then the systems and procedures and protocols in the practice, in the business to service that brand, to deliver on that brand promise. You touched on something uh, I really want uh, the listeners to know about because and there is no one better than you who can explain that. And that is uh, the unique selling proposition. 
and I think many practitioners, if they knew about what is this, they it, it really can help them tremendously running their business in an in a competitive environment. Do you have any like examples, or you want to dig a little bit deep on the unique selling proposition for medical businesses? Yeah, so let's face it, we know it doesn't matter whether we're a chiropractor, an athletic therapist, a PT, an MD. Yes, we're trained to work with all patients, all cases, you know, particularly as primary diagnosing practitioners, you know, we know that we can assess and diagnose effectively. That's very different, though, than who do you work with and really love? You know, is it that you really like functional neurology as an example, you know, digging a little deeper and understanding the brain neurology component to what's going on for someone. Other practitioners are really excellent with nutrition. You know, someone, maybe your ideal client is a child. You know, I used to tease years ago in practice, I had a fairly high pediatric practice and I teased that children referred their parents, you know, because by specializing in working with newborns, young children, it's not very long before as parents see the changes, they become like a patient under care. So it's recognizing that your unique selling proposition starts with what do you really love? What's your niche? What are two or three niches for some people? But what are a couple of things that you really enjoy and you've researched? Or there's that learning piece I talked about again that you do continue to learn and grow. You know, I know practitioners, my husband's a practitioner, and he, through the pandemic, took an entire course program and sat for a fellowship exam. Well, that's totally transforming his practice. So recognizing that, you know, it's okay to clearly define some of those niches. Now, that might not be your whole brand. You know, some people, I can show you some pediatric chiropractors who completely make that an aspect of their brand. But you walk in their clinic, they're not only just adjusting children, you know, that niche brings them the parents, often the grandparents, oh, yeah, other yeah, referrals. Yeah. you know, so I think some of that is beginning to think about uniqueness is a lot about your training, your skill sets, and or just your interests. Like if you love to ski and really build and embrace that instead of just being very vanilla, you know, almost think in terms of riding up on chairlifts, even if you're out skiing, you know, right away you start to appeal or attract a group that is based on something you really love. Now that doesn't mean everybody just becomes a, you know, a ski chiropractor, you know, working only with skiers, <laughs> but you need to know that the national team has a unique chiropractor, that that's all that he does. Yeah. So recognizing that sometimes like beginning to unpack or unravel the things that you really like lead into opportunities, very unique opportunities within your practice. 
that's a really great point because uh, when I work with uh, my clients, uh, when we start uh, focusing their brand uh, and positioning it to serve a specific kind of people, they think that uh, that's why would we be specifically to align with those people? Aren't we uh, limiting our profits by focusing on just one kind of people? But what you just uh, pointed out that it's not really about if, uh, narrowing down your profit margin. It's it's the exact opposite because it attracts other uh, kind of people to to your business. That's right. Sometimes you turn around the clear you get and you develop a niche. Some people are offered contracts to go do just that niche and sell the main practice exactly. or own the main practice and put some associates in there. You know, so some of it is recognizing, I, I tie back to where our conversation started that learning and growing, you know, I had an amazing coach and mentor in my life that taught me that if you spend 30 minutes a day on a topic, let's make this up. I wanted to learn or study astronomy. If I started spending 30 minutes a day learning, studying, investigating within three years, I would be one of the top experts in that field. So recognize that if you have a passion within your healthcare practice and you develop that, you work on that, you work with that, before you know it, people are traveling whatever distance, you know, people are also paying whatever price for that service. Yeah, it's uh, it's really a tremendous uh, weapon to have being a unique and specialized in, in something and known for something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I liken it to there's a saying that says you can be a jack of all trades and you end up being a master of none. Now, that's not to say many of us run, I'll call it like whole family or wellness practices, or some people run acute care practices. So, you know, that kind of label is not saying an age or a certain athlete. So, you know, just recognize that part of the branding doesn't have to narrow it down. If anything, it's just how do you understand what you love and get very, very good at that? Exactly. So, to finish this off, I want to ask you one question. It's a, it's a, it's a, the last question we have here. And you've been a chiropractor before, and you run a very successful business uh, in your uh, chiropractor's career. What do you, what do you wish you had first known when you first started your business, and how did that change the way you do business? Oh yeah, that's a that's a long laundry list. There are so many things I teach now. <laughs> I coach a lot and say, well, I did all those things wrong so that mm -hmm. I can now help guide other people. But the number one thing that I wish in hindsight I knew earlier, and it's something that I tend to even teach. I go to a few healthcare universities and teach this to students. And I know a lot of people think, well, yeah, it's kind of nice, but, but not maybe life altering. But once I learned some personality work, once I learned how to better understand personality profiles and identify the personality profile of a client, what happens is we tend to speak, teach, educate our patients 
the way that we've been taught to learn or speak. You know, it's that old saying, you know, say and do unto others as you would want them to say and do unto you. That it's kind of the, that golden rule of communication. And I completely disagree with it. Once I learned to understand and quickly identify their personality profile, then I could educate them so they better heard and understood. So it's a, a personality system called the four quadrants. And I work with a lot of practitioners, companies, universities, you know, to better understand this for that better, stronger, cleaner, faster communication. And that once I learned that, I innately, a lot of people fairly innately are good communicators, but what tends to happen is we're educating patients in almost like a very rote mechanical way. And once I learned this system and taught my entire team, I literally doubled my practice. And so I can look back and say, wish I, you know, knew it sooner, could have, should have. Um, I just think that that has so much impact. That's one of the things and why I dedicate and donate some of my time to particularly younger practitioners, helping them learn that system. That's really interesting. I think I, uh, from what I understand, uh, what you said is that the, this system helps you better communicate in a deeper level with your with the with your ideal patient, right? Right, and helps you just understand who's in front of you. And, you know, so an example, a lot of times a practitioner, if someone is quite analytical and does certain kinds of testing and starts to share that and all the data and the detail and the information with a client, and if that client is not another analytical type person, totally, it's like, you know, they're, they're in total overload or overwhelm and they walk away not knowing anything. And, you know, again, recognizing that, you know, who was in front of you and was there a different way to communicate and quickly explain that so that the patient was engaged. And some of that is called learning to communicate with the Socratic method, you know, to help patients better understand. And the pandemic has totally opened the playing field again for this because the opportunity for chiropractors and people in the health field you know, I like to let, you know, explain that the best defense against coronavirus, against illnesses is like literally people being very proactive, taking a great offensive approach to their health. More and more people want health knowledge, information, guidance, and help right now. But again, if we can't communicate effectively to them, it's almost like that's how they drop. That's how they're not listening to you as the expert that you are. Dr. Janice, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to record with us. It's really a pleasure. If you're listening right now and you'd like more from Dr. Janice, she has a free video money mindset series that you can obtain for, as well as her two books on Amazon. Or alternatively, if you'd like to get in contact with her, you can find all of her links and social media handles in the show notes below. 
Dr. Zanas, do you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, just thanks for the opportunity. Part of, you know, what I love to do now as well is, you know, mentor, guide, help a lot of people. You know, it's never been a better time to be a chiropractor, be in the health field, be a practitioner that really helps patients, helps the public. You know, so just recognize there's no such thing as an unrealistic goal. You know, you want to double your practice. You want to practice that, you know, you see the same number of people in half the time. There's, there's nothing unrealistic. There's only often either unrealistic action steps or timelines. So that's what talking to a coach or asking a coach for input or ideas helps you with. And so anything basically is achievable. And, you know, like I said, Selena, that like I, I've learned from all my own mistakes. And so if I can do all these different things that I've done, Really, the bottom line is any of you listening can. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Janice Hughes.